Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Well, the sun has arrived and we've got plenty to talk about. And I say that because in the first week we had nothing to talk about. In the second week, we had quite a bit more, but it has, to use technical jargon, kicked off in week three. There are, there are an awful lot of really interesting things going on. So it's great to have not just one, but two people to chat through all this with. First up, my, my regular partner in crime, Sal Manali from North London. Sal, how are you? Listen, Dan, before we start talking about Super Saturday cricket, I mean, yesterday was a great day, so much great action. I've heard today that you made your debut on Radio Berkshire and now you're sought after by Five Live, aren't you now? You're, you're the man to get on the radio. Well, I don't know if I'm sought after by Five yeah. Live. That may be pushing it a little bit, yeah. But yeah, I, obviously my football club, Ascot United, were, were at Wembley today and, and they were in the FA Vars and I've been to Wembley five times to see the Mighty Shrewsbury Town and we've lost all five times. So uh, today was different. We managed to win, which was great. And Radio Berkshire, for their sins, needed a co-commentator. So I, 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 I sort of was chatting with, with Tim Della, who's, who's also a high-level cricket coach, actually, at BBC Radio's Tim Della, and Eddie Williams, used to play for Wales and Reading. And uh, it was brilliant, Sal. It was really good. It's probably the one and only football game I'm ever going to commentate on in my life. And it was from the press box at Wembley. So uh, it's, it's been a decent, uh, a decent day. Don't tell me you listened in, did you? No, I missed it, unfortunately, but I did see the picture you sent through me with the mic. So you look very, you know, it actually suits you. I think that could be a, you know, if you give up the professional work in the, in the university, that could be. Yeah, what you'd have been proud of me, though, Sal, we were told at half time we had nine minutes, right? Then we had to get back for the second half. In that nine minutes, monster size roast dinner. Wow. Right? And I'm going to look that, you know, I'm going to turn that one down. So and I nailed it, got it all in nine minutes. Proud of you, Dan. Doing the pod yeah. proud, mate. And it, decent as well. Decent roasting. You expected at Wembley, wouldn't you? But mm. it was, it was, it was top notch. So anyway, yeah. So much about football. I've had a football day, but yesterday, of course, very much a cricket day. We're recording on on Sunday evening, and we do have somebody who had a reasonably busy day yesterday as well to help us go through everything that's happened. A previous participant in this pod, someone who's who, who, who spoke to us when he was at Wembley, now at Kenton, and we're going to hear a lot more about Kenton's game yesterday. It was an absolute jaffer. It's great to have Shop. And June, we're back on the pod. How are you, Shops? You okay? Yeah, hi, Dan. Hi, Sal. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. How am I? Uh, catching my breath, I think. I think as you know, we go through this podcast, they were quite a bit more about the game yesterday, but yeah, really still catching my breath and uh, still letting it sink in, really, I think. Well, I think we better just give it a few tidbits yeah. to what actually happened. Can, can you talk us through? You, you guys chased, and you chased pretty well, right? I mean, yeah, 390. Wow. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a league record, right? And uh, like I say, still sinking in the, you know, the magnitude of what happened yesterday and by far the probably the most extraordinary game I've, I've been involved in, definitely, and probably everyone else on that pitch as well. I get posted 390. Given that it's that that sort of total's never been chased before in, in first eleven league cricket, you've got a very slim chance of doing it. I don't think definitely the Highgate boys went in at half time and thought yeah, done and dusted, you know, even if they get a few, they're not gonna get near three ninety. But yeah, we, we chased it. And yeah, just I think Fantastic. We'll we'll, we'll get the full lowdown in a minute or two. And um, very very sort of quickly though, you, you were off at Wembley last season and I remember talking to you halfway or so through the season and, and Wembley were doing okay and certainly looking more up than down, but the season obviously didn't, didn't end so well and, and obviously Wembley were relegated. I mean, what, what, I don't want you to talk us through in great detail because I'm sure it's far too painful, but what happened? Was it just one of those things where you got on a roll and couldn't get out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think it probably stemmed from me coming on this podcast and you know, pushing our, so pushing our chances of doing, oh, okay. doing well and you know, going, going further up the table. No, but you know, all joking aside, it's just one of those things in cricket, there's momentum and 
you know, once you start losing games, it, yeah, it can be hard. Sports. It can be hard to turn the tide. And uh, yeah, you know, Division One's no joke. It's a good standard, and uh, there's some good teams. And if you're not, you know, if you're not all, if you've not got everyone playing well, or you've not got, you know, you've got a lot of people out for me, it can quite quickly go bad. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the sum of what happened last year at Wembley. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's definitely not just a cricket thing. Once you get on a tough roll, then things go against you. Lady Luck decides to desert you. It's a really, really difficult thing to turn around. Now, you're obviously at Kenton this year, and you've been at Kenton before as well. This is this is not a new place for you to play cricket, right? Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. It's not a brand new club for me, really. It's 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 my home club. I've played at played at Kenton since the early noughties, so you know, long affiliation with the club and captain the first team. You know, years gone by and stuff like that. So it was always going to be home. There's always going to be somewhere I think. Okay come back to I really enjoyed playing at Wembley you know really great guys there I really enjoyed my cricket but you know, I felt the time was right to to come back and you know I'd looked at it you know I'd looked at the way the club you know Kenton were moving and you know, it was really really positive really encouraging and you know, really wanted to be a part of that game excellent stuff okay, well, more on Kenton and more on, on Division 2 in a second first up though Sal a couple of well what one piece of feedback we talked about SKLP last week. Do you, do you remember why SKLP fours? No, threes. I can't lie. What, why their threes were up for discussion? Well, it was your favourite fact of the week when you digging all the day, wasn't it? Yeah. It, was, it was quite sort of, I wouldn't say bizarre, but sort of peculiar kind of run chase taking place in this game where Bush scored 114 all out and SKLP, SKLPC finished on 71-6 after 45 overs. Now, we was a bit perplexed in, you know, what was the sort of reason behind that, but we've had some feedback from AJ Patel from SKLPC who's a club secretary and it's actually quite eye-opening and it's good that he's actually got, got in touch with Hope and we can kind of sort of spread the word and get people alerted to what's going on at, at the low levels in somebody's grounds and clubs who struggle. Yeah, I think that's what I got a bit annoyed with this, actually, Sal, and annoyed for AJ Patel, who, as you say, a good guy, General Secretary down there at SKLP, SKLPC, and they're paying, you know, proper money, in this case, £118, they're paying that to Ealing Council and the pitch that they were playing on, because he sent us pictures at Rectory Park, I mean... You know, you, you could just draw lines on, on, on any piece of grass in any park in Middlesex and the chances are you'd have a better wicket to play on. It looked absolutely awful and, and they're paying good money for it. And AJ's line was, look, you know, we didn't we didn't deliberately try and be 71 for six. We just, it was just a case of trying to survive because the pitch was so far from being being a good cricket wicket. So I know a number of teams are, are struggling with grounds, aren't they? A number, of, a number of first 11s have been struggling with grounds and this is becoming a bit of a problem. I don't know if you picked that, that, that up as well, Sal. It is. And I mean, what, what I find really annoying, I'm, and I, I share your sort of thoughts in the whole kind of fact, I kill you know, a bit of it, I won't say exploitation here, but I think they're being a bit cheeky here. I and mean, what they're charging for is obviously to produce a ground for these guys to play on. But, you know, we saw the pictures and it was almost like me and you could have gone over a tin and paint and marked out a pitch somewhere. In, Absolutely. In park, yeah. Um, and said, hey, you're, you're going to play on this. And it's, I mean, it's not fair on them. The clubs who are actually paying good money and open play game cricket and then you, you rock up and you've got this kind of situation taking place so you know so we, we want to try and do our best and make this more aware to the wider public and hopefully can you know some action can be taken like they just want to play cricket um but it's not fair to be giving them substandard facilities and potentially dangerous as well really you know these guys play for a hobby we don't lose end up having some kind of injury that puts you out of work or cause other issues really so i'm hoping it's something that's looked into and you know we'll obviously do our best to make to make sure it's and there is a major problem between the number of people wanting to play cricket and the number of facilities that are available. Regardless of whether they're good or bad facilities, we've got an awful lot of people in Middlesex who want to play cricket and we just haven't got enough facilities to, to go around. And there's a second example that, that's sort of 
vaguely comes under this category that I heard about yesterday. And, I, and, and I, I've never heard of, of this, this actually happening to the extent it did yesterday. And it was involved, it involved Ealing Fives and Teddington Fours. And the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed amongst you may have noticed that that game was down as three points each. So I dropped Matt O'Toole, skipper of Teddington Fours Alliance. What's going on there, man? It was good, good day weather-wise yesterday. I, I can't really... I'm quite surprised to hear that that your game was off. And he said, no, that, that's a misprint, actually. It's not three points each. And he went on to explain what, what was going on there. And and the, the, the issue was that Teddington Fours and Ealing Fives had turned up and someone was playing on the square where they were scheduled to play. And this was, this was clearly a problem. And the captain of Ealing Fives went over and said, look, Hi guys, you know, sorry to be a bit of a pain, but we booked this pitch from Healing Council, and they said we're not moving, we're playing it. And the guys from Ealing and Teddington were like, "Well, it's not really how it works, you know. We we paid money to the council for for this pitch, and this is where our league game is." And and they they showed the guys from you know from, from, from who were playing there the booking, and then and then and Matt sent me quite a long. WhatsApp message explaining this. It might be worth just quoting a few of the lines on this because it, it goes. It does go a bit surreal, actually, towards the end. I quote, The Ealing captain turned up and spent 45 minutes trying to persuade them to leave. He even showed them the booking. They refused to believe they had to move. They said they'd been playing there for the past 15 years. Sorry, I think I said shops. It was 25 when we were just before off air there. No, it was just the 15 years that they were, they'd been playing there. And it was impossible to book it as it was a public park. And they were there first anyway. One guy claimed the email was a made-up booking and the Ealing captain had typed it himself. Another reckoned the Brent Council didn't even exist. Well, I think that's definitely not the case. The Brent Council definitely exists. They had to concede the game, they being Ealing, in the end, as these guys just refused to move. Have either of you two folks ever been involved in a game where you just couldn't get on the square? I haven't. I've never heard of anything yeah, like I, it. I, you know, shops? No, and look, I think... I mentioned to you before we went on air. It's it's something that you probably feel quite privileged to have played, you know, personally since I was about fifteen, sixteen. Just you know, first eleven and second eleven cricket at clubs where you know you own your own ground and you just turn up and take for granted that you know you might have to do a bit of setup of you know boundary ropes and stuff like that, but you just take for granted that you're going to go up and play, you know, weather permitting and stuff. So, but I think you're right. You know, it's definitely a, a problem in you know some of the lower elevens and. Even as you said, Dan, even some of the first 11 teams in, in you know, the lower divisions are, are struggling and it's it's definitely a problem, you know, not just the availability, but the quality of the, you know, the pitches and the, the wickets that they're getting. Yeah, Twilly Tower Hamlets had to, had to cry off this weekend because they couldn't, couldn't get a ground to play on, which is, it's an ongoing challenge for, for Tower Hamlets, but it's, it's indicative of the, uh, of the, the wider problem. And to be fair, I've only heard one side of that story from Ealing and Teddington. The people who are playing may have a completely different story, but but yeah, I'm on the podcast. It, whatever next that week, story is, sorts them out. Yeah, this is random man who was playing on random square in Ealing who had a big argument with the Ealing and Teddington. And yeah, that was quite an angle, wasn't it? But in all seriousness, problem problem we need to think about moving forward, and we will. But before we do that, so we had some interesting Premier League cricket yesterday. Can you talk us through it? Yes, there's a bit of a pandemic down, isn't there? The wides and it's spreading. Oh yeah, it's gone into the Prem. Um, some of these games have some sort of high numbers in, in terms of the wide count. I'll, I'll start with Ealing, though, who are the early, early pace setters. And that shed a really good win against Tennyson, who've been a bit of a sort of bogey side over the last few seasons. So they, they'll be pleased to get one over them. Olya Wilkin actually does like playing against them. Scored 79 and took three wickets in a win by 60 runs. So 
that's a really good. You know, that's two out of two for Christian Martin's side, and Tennyson obviously will be a bit, you know, a bit miffed about that. But I hope to come out next week stronger. Um, two really close games. I saw Ollie got he got Chris Wakefield out. Wakefield out first ball as well, didn't he? Which yeah, I'm sure would have been some guys bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it first yeah. ball, was it? Yeah. Yeah, caught, I think it caught a gully, yeah. maybe, but yeah. I think I need to look up YouTube to see what the celebration was like. It was, it was, quite, it was quite muted. It wasn't oh. too much going on there. I, I did watch Owen yesterday. I'll definitely have a look at it. They're quite respectful eating and how, how they deal with things. So, but obviously, in, inside, they're pretty quite chuffed. Stanmore and Northwood, two, two close wins for those two guys for his clubs against Hampson eventually. Northwood have signed two decent players here, a guy called Harry Meehan, a quick bowler who's come down from Liverpool, and he, he took some wickets yesterday. And the guy called Jacob Milt, who's played in good level in South Africa, I think, played for under 19. South Africa is a keeper batsman. Um, he scored three runs. We know that Finch, you've got some very good young players, and it's been something they've been really working in the last few seasons. And one of these young lads, Matt McGowan, scored 75 for Finchley. Um, one little tip here, which was actually quite nice. I got a text from Evan Flowers yesterday while I was umpiring, and he said the first ball of the season bowl at North Mid the season was Dave Burton bowling to Evan Flowers. Combined age of both players, 90. That's great. And Flowers won the battle, scoring 50. So that was, that's a nice little sort of thing to say. You know, two high-level players still still playing their trade at the highest level and forming worlds well week in, week out. Is, so that, is, that, that, is that right, yeah. so 90? 90 years old between age. I'm not sure who's the older. I didn't ask that question. I'm yeah. wondering about that. <laughs> I'm trying to think how old Evan is. He's probably the older of the two. Right? He has to be, I doesn't Dave was in yeah. Dave was younger than me, so... We're going to get sued now, yeah. aren't we, for yeah, ages I'm going to get my... This is Evan, what Evan sent me. I've got, I've got the message still. Oh, my that, that's good then. I haven't deleted it, so that's, that's our evidence if we do get any trouble. So, as I said, that's, that's what happened. And Stanwell, actually, they've, they've got their first win of the season. They've, they've seen their close games. They've won seven, five all out. Well, four to seven, which, that, which will be annoying because they didn't back the overs out. And, you know, in time, in sorry, overs cricket, it's crucial to back the overs out. Get as much as you can out of the game. They scored one, seven, one, seven, five. Steve McGiffin, 69, not out. Good start, but then had a bit of a wobble. And at 1 3 4 for 7, the game was definitely in the balance. Tom Brock and their overseas Will Lovell was, was a seam bowler. She did some good work with the bats and they came home, so they win by a free wicket. So there's a few sides on 10 points now. And then one of those clubs is Bronsbury. Um, that's a good win for Bronsbury, isn't it? It'll be 13 points today. The rain off wasn't, yeah. Yeah, that's their first win, though. Yeah, it's a great win for Bronsbury. But again, we mentioned the wide sort of pandemic and in this game, Crouch and bowled 41 wides, which is almost oh. the difference in, in, in winning and losing because Bron won by 28 runs. A young lad called Iron Patel, he's mainly a spinner, but obviously came back as well, scored 50. And another one of their young kids, John Richardson, took four wickets. So Crouch and definitely ruined the fact they did with so many extras, but, you know, Bronze would be over, over the moon without Chen. What do you think's happened there then, Sam? I mean, obviously you weren't there, so you don't know for sure, but Crouch and are normally a pretty disciplined outfit. So 41 wides, I mean, I suppose it can be just... Just one player has a bad day. I mean, a few five wides and, yeah. and, and those numbers are rocketing up, right? I mean, that was their first game in, in, in league cricket season. So are they a bit ring rusty? Could it be they haven't played much in, in pre-season? Then it's kind of just catching up a little bit. You know, I think I've been a lot of clubs in that position where games have rained off, prep has gone as planned. So maybe next week will be... It feels like the conditions will be quite conducive for, for swing as well at the moment. And, you know, yeah. if you haven't had that match practice... Before you know it, yeah, yeah, spraying the ball all over the place. Not yeah, like, not plausible, like I know from personal I was just thinking, we're probably not the best people <laughs> to be talking about this, me and you, Shops. I mean, Sal was a bowler in his day, but I don't remember you having a wide problem, Sal, when you were fizzing down your off breaks. No, nah, great, mate. Wicked to wicked with me, mate. No, no, wide business going on here. But another game where there were more wides was your guys clicking them in the bush. So, bush were the sort of culprits there. 
and they delivered 32 wides. It sounds like a good win for your guys. Was the sort of feedback from last night? Yeah, yeah, it was quite a bit of it. Yeah, there was, there was, yeah, quite positive. I mean, Chelsea Bush are a good team, and I don't think their defeat yesterday changes that. I think we are a difficult side to play against. I think we can lose to anybody and beat anybody. And I think we, we didn't, we, we were reasonably good yesterday all round. Certainly didn't, we, we didn't fly off to a rocket start. There was a good, a good sort of team's worth of batting in there. And I think bowling wise, we, we, we kept it pretty wicket to wicket. The ball, there was plenty of spin around, but it sounded to me like it was a, it was a pretty good contest between bat and ball. And yeah, Gushit Sandwich bowling well at the top. He, he, he's he's quite sharp, and and I think I think we we are we are full of awkwardness. I was just saying to somebody you know earlier today actually that there's only sort of one guy like Neville Tolbert around. He tries to you know if he's not scoring at 18 and over, he's not happy. And we, we we've got I think the only Chinaman in in the Premier League as well. So there's all sorts of, of slightly different stuff going on there, and 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 it, it came together. I mean I, I think I think Bush will be fine. They look competitive to me, but it, it was just our day rather more than it was theirs. Yeah, I got some feedback from one of the umpires, Vinod, who I speak to quite regularly. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he was very impressed. He he did speak highly of your two new acquisitions, the the, the left arm leggy, as he calls him, and the the, the legs. The, so your is it Maynard? Uh, yeah, Maynard Mahatra. Yeah, yeah, he thinks he's a very good bowler. So that obviously both. Yeah. Well, Maynard, yeah, he's, in, he's he's arrived from from Delhi. He's a friend of Parminder Singh, who's now at Indian Jim Khanna. And Parminder was putting him up, actually. And, and I, 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 there's a nice little story there. I, I messaged Parminder and said, you know, my aunt's arriving on Saturday. Parmi, are you, are you everything okay? He's going to obviously stay at your place. And Parmi, who's in the construction business, he says, there is a slight problem in that this week I'm not my own house down and I'm now living in a shed at the bottom of the garden. And I'm like, sounds like a, a reasonably big problem, actually. Parmi said, don't worry, the house will be finished in a year. I'm going to rebuild it. It's going to be great. And I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking about our overseas and where the hell he's going to stay. But Parminder sorted him out, thankfully, and he's not living in the shed at the end of Parminder's garden. So that's a relief, I think, probably to everybody um, to, to know that. But, but yeah, all, all good there. How about in Division 1, Sal? What, what happened there? Still plenty going on there, right? Yeah, Hornsey, who came down last season, have, have sort of, you know, set, set their intent for the season and had a good win against Winchmore Hill. 2-2-6 two, two, before Winchmore. Hornsey, sorry. Josh Trains was in the runs last week. Got 100 this week, 127 off 139 balls. Captain Garfield Strober was 59 knots out at the other end. And here's a, the name that you really like, Dan, friend Stallion Kurian. Stalin? Uh, yeah, Stalin, Stalin was in the Stalin, mix again, Stalin, wasn't he? Stalin, yeah. Stalin's in the mix. He's, he's big, 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 but a guy called Bruce Diplock, who took four, I've watched some, he sort of bowled nagging, sort of medium pace, took four wickets yesterday off his nine. So Hornsey, obviously two from two, and also Level Club is two from two at Richmond. South Africa is not an easy place to sort of score runs sort of heavily. So their total one six seven would have been very competitive and one they're probably thinking is, is enough to win the game. Ryan Quinn, who's who took wickets last week, scored fifty two this week. And Ben Ward batting at eight scored thirty. For Edwards, who thought wobbles it around, so obviously conditions at the moment would sue him, took five wickets. And Southgate found batting pretty pretty tricky. There, obviously, Smith Doshi scored 53, but apart from that, wasn't really much taking place in terms of support. So, Southgate also two from two. So, the two relegated sides from last season are showing that they want to go back up straight. Yeah, they're looking good, aren't they? I spoke to Adam London this morning, the Richmond skipper this year, and he said uh, 167, you know, doesn't always win your games of cricket, but they were pretty confident when they went out to bowl at Southgate. And it's not that the Walker ground, you know, is, is a minefield or anything, but it's definitely tough to score runs. So, uh, so, so yeah, that, that looks like a good victory for them. A lot closer. Um, between Acton and Barnes, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Sir Hill when he's played Monday game with the wobbles at the end of that game because it looked quite tight. But however, Acton sort of came through. Hussifa, Yusuf Sabi scored 63 for Acton. 
and 41 from Harry Hankins for Barnes was just not enough as they fell short by nine runs. Raj Raiko, who's a sort of he's a big time player, he, he turns up in in the games where you really need him, took four for twenty five and took two key wicks at the end. So yeah, so he'll be delighted to get his team. Yeah, the wood on the trees, Barnes are are looking pretty good. I think they've strengthened through the winter and they they've got two or three players who 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 are gonna have an impact through the course of the season. So they lost there, but I think there might be a team to keep an eye on. I, I think they could be they could be proving difficult opponents for quite a few sides as the weeks go on. Another side, the bounce back, Harrow Town, right? They they won pretty convincingly against Harrison Mary's. Big win with the two Harrow sides. They'll be claiming the bagging rights, won't they, in that area? I mean, Harrison Mary had a decent start, twenty nine for one off off a few overs, and then the collapse sort of set in. Sandro Mishra, who's a sort of steady medium pacer, wobbles it around a bit, very sort of you know miserly, knows what he's doing with the ball. Fantastic figure with six for eighteen off his nine overs. I mean, sixty seven all six six all out, twenty three were extras. Um to just show how mm. life was really tough in terms of batting. And then Harrowtan were in a bit trouble early on, two down for not many, but Murad Khan scored thirty and Harrowtan have their first win back because they've had the you know, they've had Hormsy first game. Harrison Murray's second game, so it's not an easy start for them. They've com- they've competed last week against Swansea in a very very close game, and they'll be really happy with the- with this win over Harrison Murray's, who yeah. you know definitely would be challenged. Yeah, it's an impressive impressive performance, That's, and it's certainly a comeback after their their wobble there in week two. Fifth game in Division One, North London Osterley. So once upon a time, many years ago, a Middlesex Championship fixture, but now very much in Division One of the County League, and and your boys came out pretty convincingly on top, right? Yeah, we had a better good win yesterday. Annoying, or unfortunately, obviously didn't have a score who could, could score for them. So there's no scorecard on play cricket at the moment, which is a bit frustrating. So if we're all the anoraks like me, we want to see what took place. We have to wait. We did have a score and she was really good and did what she could. But unfortunately, Austin didn't provide one. So um, that explains why. However, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the simple facts are we won. We won well. It was a bit of a sort of grind early on. Runs were sort of hard to come by. But then Jaheed Ali scored 92 out, went berserk. I mean, not as berserk as Shock Susan tell us in a minute about his innings, but we scored 70 off the last five overs, which took us to 214 for four. In terms of the bowling, early damage up front from our seamers and then Sam Barden sort of wobbles it around a bit. And Vivek Lodio, I was left arm spin, took three wickets to beat. So yeah, one, one five, four all out, obsolete. And we're, we're Looks good. And, and 70 off the last five overs is a pretty significant. Upping of the tempo there by Jaheed, actually, isn't it? So a, a key knock. He's, he's coming into some form, is he? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's called 50 last week against Brentwood. I think 90 this week. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a quality bat. He's, he's undoubtedly Premier you know, Division quality. Just last year, maybe there's adjusting to different divisions, different club. You know, hopefully this year will be his season. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, moving into Division 2, I was thinking, shops beforehand about the biggest successful chase that I'd ever seen. So I'm not talking about being involved in, I'm talking about that I'd ever seen in club cricket. And I remember our ones at Twickenham chasing 375 against Finchley in 60 overs. Okay. Right, it's a Premier League game. So you, you guys, you're playing 90 over cricket and Highgate have posted 390 plus. You're going out to bat, right? What's the approach? Now, I wouldn't have thought you were you, you walking out saying, no, don't worry, it's flat track, we'll get this. You know, but what, what are you thinking? What's the strategy? What, 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 you know, where are you going to, how are you going to do this? Well, I was only just about walking out there because 
I actually didn't feel for the last 15 overs of their innings because my calf went pop. Just went down oh, it's getting one. better. Yeah. So I, I spent the last a third of their innings spraying all sorts of stuff into it, trying to stretch it, trying to ice it, watching you know the carnage unfold from the boundary ball disappearing into gardens, onto rooftops, into the tennis courts, thinking, oh, if we keep them 320, they'll be right. And then, you know, 360, okay, eight and over, that's all right. And then, yeah, by the end, it was like, under 400 and I think we're doing all right. But no, look. Under 400, we've we, done all yeah. right. What a great, um, great call, that is. Look, it, we, so, we, you know, I think 390, no one really gives you a chance, right? And even in your own minds, everyone's thinking, no, it's not going to happen. It's never been done before. I think, you know, Calps played a really key role. Our captain, he, he, caught, he put us all into a circle as we were coming off, whereas I sort of hold back onto the pitch. Um, and so, look, guys, it is what it is. Don't die wondering. He goes, you know, he looked around at the batters and said that no one's going to be held to account for any shot you play today getting out. But, you know, there's no point being, you know, 200 for five or 45. Don't, you know, just don't die wondering. Go and give it your best. And in hindsight, it was a really inspirational speech because, you know, it's when it gave us the mindset, it certainly gave me the mindset. The fact that I couldn't run any or many singles, it definitely gave us the mindset to go out there and, you know, give it a wallop from the start. And, yeah. And in terms of the, the Highgate innings then, when I've got the card in yeah. front of me and I see Danny Blyton, not the only person yesterday to score 99 and get themselves out, but he, he was out for 99. And I, I assume he batted pretty well. He was scoring at a run of ball. But Salia Saman, now we, we know about him from, from last year. He's, he's got a background in first-class cricket and he's scoring 170 off 106 with 12 sixes. I mean, it sounds like carnage. It, it must have been carnage, right? Yeah, he's not a bad player. I, I may have made the mistake of when he when he came out to the, he came in at number four, and I think you know it, it it wasn't carnage from the start because they they were sort of I think about forty for two after about nine or ten overs, you know. So we, we did pretty well. So he sort of come to the crease, and everyone you know everyone knows who he is. He you know he's an ex first class player. He's, he's he scored a lot of runs in the lower leagues last year, and I, I've sort of said, come on boys, let's see let's see if he's got it in the big leagues. It turns out he did. I guess the answer is yeah, yes. yeah. It turns out he did. But in the end, you know, we, he he hold out on you know to the deep mid wicket boundary or for full toss. Otherwise, he was well on course to get in a double there. Yeah. So when was he out? Because I see he put on two hundred and sixty five with Danny Blyton, and he was out before yeah, Danny Blyton, was even good, though he came in at four. There was at least five overs to go, and you know the way he was hitting the ball at that point, you, you take a couple of overs and you get another thirty. So yeah, it was. It was. It was actually surprised when he didn't. You know, middle one. But yeah, no. So, so Saman went, and Ben Donkers came in, and he, he didn't play that many leave alones, judging by his stats in front of me here. No, again, a lot of balls going into the gardens. You know, I, I think you know there's a, a tendency to think you know Kenton's. You know, there's some a couple of small boundaries at Kenton. It's a small ground, but I think throughout the day, you know, balls are getting lost, and a lot of the balls were going deep into the gardens on top of rooftops. On you know. Onto the road beyond the car park, deep into the tennis courts. So there, there was some, you know, some genuinely big hits in there that would have gone for six on most grounds. So yeah, yeah you, you, I you, think that's a fair comment. I think there's a lot of people who say Highgate, Kenton, small grounds, easy to score runs there. Well, you know, I'm not sure that's true. When I look back at the, the amount of times I played, though, I don't ever score, recall scoring 150 balls. So, so I, I think I think that's a fair comment. So in terms of your batting. Now, obviously, you, you've you've got off to a fly, and you put on 190 odd for the first wicket, right? But then you lost two quite quickly. Did did you go first or did you go second? No, I was the first out. I think 
obviously had to go hard from the start and you know, Hamza and I were batting and you know, we were going at like 16, 17 and over. And even, you know, even well, as... Just for just so the listeners, like you're, you're too polite to, to tell everybody this, but you scored 95 off 37 yeah. shops, which is, is pretty rapid, respect you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those days that I think, you know, both of us going at a rapid rate. And you know, even as the power play was finishing, he said, look, just came and going for it. Because it got to the point, you know, where yeah. we started off, at, you know, the chase needing like, you know, over eight and a half and over. And then all of a sudden you look at it and you go, well... We're down to sort of six and a half now, and but yeah, you know, we just carry on going because what we did know was yeah. you know, the pitch was good, the field had spread, and there were opportunities to scamper ones and twos, but I just couldn't do it. So we weren't doing it; we were yeah. in boundaries. But I knew the guys coming after, you know, that there'd be opportunities still for boundaries, but they could also, you know, utilize quick running between the wickets and get those ones and twos. So I, you know, we had every confidence to just keep going, and you know, if we if we got out. We had every confidence in, we've got you know really long batting lineup, and we had a lot of confidence confidence in the boys below us. Yeah. And, so you, you and Hamza Kaimu, eminently respectable 84 or 53, but it hardly gets a mention in the great scheme of this game. But that, that, that's a superb knock at the top that of the order. That was outstanding. And then you've got, yeah, Kalpesh Karai comes in at three and he, 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 he looks like he's trying to be the man who bats a bit longer. Is that, is that fair to say? And then other batsmen played around him? Yeah. Look, I think the equation, you know, went, when him and Owen came in was, again, like I said, it was it was only about six and a half and over at that point. So you're actually starting to do that by, you know, just working the ones and twos and then the odds, you know, the odd, the odd, the odds yeah. will, will come and you're getting value for your shots on there. You know, it, was a really, it wasn't, it was a nice, nice deck to bat on. And then, you know, Owen started going as well. You know, Owen was, you know, started clearing the boundary. So I, th- I think Calps realised all, all he really had to do was turn the strike over and, uh, you know, the, the rate was pretty comfortable. Yeah. And, and at the end, I guess it was one one last hurrah with Imran Kayam, who was scoring at you know strike rate of two hundred. Yeah. But when he was out, did, did did you think then that we might be wobbling in a in a problematic way, or were you so close that you just knew you were going to get there? I mean, I was, I was really calm all the way through the you know Calps and Owens partnership because it just seemed so easy. You know, they were getting ones and twos at will. The boundaries were still coming. There was the odd quiet over, but you know, it, it, and we had so many wickets in hand, and they got out in quick succession. And the runs didn't dry up, but the you know we sort of got to the last ten, and we still needed I think it was about sixty five or something. And then you know there's another quiet over, and you're like, okay, it, it's starting to get a bit tight. You know what you don't want now is another couple of wickets, another tight over, and all of a sudden you're you're back up to eights with you know and EA getting into the lower order. But you know I think Imran, you know he, he took he released released that pressure valve. You know, I think there was four or five boundaries in the space of six balls, and you know. Completely took the you know, took the edge off the game with that, and then yeah, there were a couple more wickets, but I think by that stage we, you know, we're pretty confident that I think we, you know, we battled all the way down to eleven, so it, it didn't feel too pressured at that point. Well, you did win with seventeen balls to spare, which I mean, I'm not sure that officially goes down as as, as, as cantering home. You can't canter along to score 390, but you definitely had a bit of wiggle room at the end. So, so I guess, it, it, I guess it, there would have been good reason to have just, you know, enjoyed the journey in the last three or four overs. Yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, you know, Asif, Asif Mohammadi, who he went in, you know, with with the you know with the sole intention to try and hit a few boundaries and get it done quickly. So yeah, he he, he right. was never gonna. Tick them off in ones and you know take it down to the last over. 
there was an opportunity to put it. Yeah, to put it if it was in his arc, it was yeah. going to go into the courts. Yeah. yeah. And so the, 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 in the great scheme of things, then this, this, I mean, you know, you, you don't have big games in week four. That's that's not the way this works. You know, it's a long season, and and teams, as as we all know, go up and down based on eighteen games, not on one or two weeks. But your opponents next week, next week look interesting on a whole load of levels. You yeah. know, you played two one two. And you're playing Wembley, who played 2-1-2. And, of course, it's the club you were playing for last season. So it's already a mouth-watering prospect, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you've, you've obviously, we're obviously talking about the game against Highgate yesterday on the podcast. But, you know, not only that, it's, I think it, it's obviously worked. It's very round, round the circuit. And, you know, all, you know, all sorts of messages were coming in from different clubs to various players, you know, the connections with different clubs and stuff like that. And getting message, messages from guys from Wembley and, you know, Wow, you know that's that's a big chase, and you know, etc. So yeah, it's it's. I think it's that has created a you know a bit more of a bit more of an excitement for next week. But no, looking forward to it. You know, you know, left on good terms, so there's no, there's no real you know bad feeling there. Well, it's just yeah, a local derby game, isn't it? It's, 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 a, it's a classic encounter. It's, it's for us. It's just another game. You know, it's, it's it's a game that you know we want to reset, despite all the excitement of this week and you know the, the craziness of yesterday, which you know, I think. People are still talking about on our group chats at the moment. We, we just have to refocus. But you know, I find it's great though because I, I think it was about five o'clock that somebody put in our group chat at Twickenham. They want to see what Kenton are up to, you know. And and like we're miles away from Kenton, and yet someone have picked it up, you know. With modern technology being what it is, news of things oh, like this really spreads like wildfire. And I think it's it great. was great. I mean, it was you know I think a lot of other clubs were you know watching it on because it was you know it streamed live on YouTube. You know, the funniest one was our opening bowler Dylan Nasani. He actually showed us a, a sort of a picture message he'd got from his dad, who was out for dinner with his mum and his daughter, and uh, he'd actually got the restaurant to put it on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone in the restaurant's watching oh, that... our run chase. So I thought that was quite good. Oh, I'm loving that! That's that's great stuff. It really is cool. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that game next week against Wembley. I mean, again, top of the table encounter for what that's worth, but a, a, a good. A good contest between local clubs who are doing well, uh, and and I think that's you know that that will be one to keep us all entertained. Sal, elsewhere in the division, anything else that, that caught you? Know, I said Wembley got home against Brentham, even though it was that definitely was not a walk in the park, was it? Just before we move on, actually, on that game, what I loved about that game was actually there was three maidens in that game, in in, in amongst all the madness, there was eighteen dot balls chewed up somewhere along the line. The first day of our innings, Hamza played a maiden ball. out, but, so yeah. We chased him for I bet he feels 41 silly, overs. Yeah. Right. Getting his, getting his, getting his yeah. eye in. And then, and, and also, if we, if we, if we watch the footage, shop should have been run out. But yeah, yeah. How many lives did you have in the innings itself? I mean, that was definitely a life. I think all the fielder had to do, I mean, yeah. my calf was so badly gone, he, he probably could have run in from cover and beaten me to the stumps by the time I got back. And what was the, what happened there? Was it, did the instant kick in? Someone called yeah, no, I, and then you thought, oh, you no. know, me and Hamza discussed and said, look, there's absolutely no way I can do any sort of running apart from one of those ones that smash out to the boundary, you know, sweepers out there and you can you, you literally walk the one. But, you know, first few balls, I've pushed one into the covers just wide of the fielder and instant kicked in. I've gone, yes, but Hamza's resting on his back because he's not expecting it. And he's turned me back. I've gone to turn the calf's just gone again. And by that point, I've looked over, I've seen the balls in the fielder's hand. I've got no chance. So I've given up. But the throw's lost in miles wide of, of Johan. And uh, I'm going, okay, I'll just calmly walk back to the crease. So, yeah. Take it. No overthrows in there then? You weren't, you weren't risking any of that nonsense? No, I was, I was in too much pain to worry about any overthrows at that point. 
You've got me worried about next week now, Shobbs. You're, you're going to be there, are you, against Wembley? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Good, man. That's one of the greatest... You're like this, you know, when you're young, Shops, you can get away with this stuff. I mean, yeah, there's, there's relative young, isn't there? There is compared to me and Sal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think if, if I was if I was a bowler, it, it would have been a, a different story. But, you know, if, if I can stand there on one leg and tee off, good, good. then yeah, so be it. Give it a whack, absolutely. Elsewhere in the division, Sal, anything catch your eye? You've got sneak home, but is there anything else there that you... That, that, that you thought was worthy of note. So your 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 old your your friend Parmendes having a good time with Jim Connors too. Yeah, he's done okay. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah they've got, I think they recruited pretty well as well. I didn't mean to sing the very wily sort of spinner in that level. Enfield were, were short of a couple of some players. So Tony Stokes, I think, was working at Tottenham. If one of the guys would get married, say that minute two or three guys at the wedding or get some sort of wedding sort of escapades there. So that they, they was really sort of depleted. Managed to get one four two though, which is not you know not the most easy score to get. Jim Connor, but Jim Connor did get home by four wickets in the end. So they're they're, they're making an early sort of you know start, which is good for those good stuff. Interesting to see. If we move into Division Three, as we alluded to before, poor old Tower Hamlets had to concede versus K plus. They're they're having real grind troubles, and we, we fingers crossed they can they can get that sorted over the next few weeks and months. Elsewhere, it's SKLP. And Chiswick, who are top of the pile, both won yesterday, both won in week two. Chiswick beat the Middlesex Titans by 100 runs, 260 v 160. And SKLP chased 154 against London Tigers, and they did that for, for six wickets. Now, now Shops, you, you, played, you played against quite a few of these guys. You played against them last year. Any of those teams particularly catch your eye? Or, or, or I mean, Chiswick, you know, Chiswick struck me as an up-and-coming club. I don't know if you know much about them. They, they seem to have got their act together. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't have played... Last year against a lot of these clubs because I was at Wembley, but probably going uh, back, course. yeah, my yeah, bad. going back yeah. a few years, yeah, I would have would have played obviously against some of the teams like Tower Hamlets and and stuff like that. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it did. I mean SKLP or another one who, yeah, yeah, uh, moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean they they can be a tricky team on their day. You know, t- I think especially the you know one of those teams on their home ground, they're quite tough to beat from from the experience I had playing against them for a couple of years. But yeah, I think I think that probably the biggest thing is putting consistent results together. You know, I think you know someone like London Tigers with the experience and you know ability that some of their players still have. You know, they can beat anyone on a given day. It's just about, as you said, it's a long old season. A few games in, can you do it consistently over a period of time? Yeah, fair call, fair call. And given your experience in Division One, I, I should just just row back a little bit. Of any of the results that you've seen there in Division One, do they catch your eye? I mean, Horns in Richmond. Uh, top of the table there. Richmond certainly most outsiders would, would expect to do well, but Hornsey, they, they you know they, they got a strong bowling line. We, we actually they? played Hornsey on that on one of the bank holiday Monday, last bank holiday Monday in the uh, twenty over sort of format cup. Uh, yeah, it was a sort of three over against Brent. We beat Brentham and then we had Hornsey straight up afterwards. I don't think you know us neither us or them were completely full strength, but you know they, for a team that's come down from the Prem, they they did have some decent players. So. And they look strong, some good batters. You know, the, the bowling's always been pretty, pretty tidy. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say that you know they're probably one of the favourites, if not the favourite, to go back, back up to the Prem. Yeah, other than that, yeah, I think, I think you know of those teams in Div One, I, I feel like you know, with no disrespect to them, you know, the ability of the players, but I always felt like teams like Barnes and, and North London always seem to do better than perhaps you think, or the, the strength is on paper. And if Barnes have you know. By the sounds of it, have recruited well and you know got stronger than you know. The, I think you're right to say that they're, they're a team to look out for. Likewise, North London, you know, really good season last year. 
and if they can build on that, I think we, we spoke about Jahid already pretty quiet last year, but we, you know his pedigree as a player. And if someone like that gets, gets on a hot streak, then you know, you know you're, you're really, really you know winning a few games just off his bat. So yeah, you know, act, acting always there or thereabouts. So yeah, expect mm-hmm. them to challenge again. Good stuff. Plenty for us to keep an eye on there. All good. We talked about Division Three with SKLB, SKLPC, and Chiswick doing well. What's it looking like in Division Four, Sal? There's probably two or three sides also unbeaten there as well, right? Yeah, that's correct, Dan. So, Prince United beat Bresborough, who had a good start last week, but in a, in a really sort of shock. Hit the buffers yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, blind. And Prince United got there for loss of two wickets. So, yeah, for me, that's a bit of a surprise that tipped them to get to win the league decision. So, I'm hoping they can get their act together and start winning again next week. Lines we mentioned earlier, Salia Saman's X side, 165, and Ken Chelsea, 146 in, in reply. So, they're another side who, who, who topped the table. And finally, Headstone Manor relegated last season, chased down West Harrow's 92 for a loss of four wickets. So, as I mentioned, three sides. Yep. So they're, they're, they're looking strong. London Sportif are not on 23 points, but they were in the Kenton mode yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, I think they're trying to um, shops on this side. 3 8 5 4 8 45 Yeah, 45 0, which is some guy, isn't it? It's a bit, it's quite interesting that you get these big totals. But no one can score 100. So, Reswell Cabrera scored 99. Um, he opened Shaf- as well. Shaf- he, and he took first yeah. ball, just like Danny Blyton. Yeah, well, like uh, 91 of 62 balls. So no one actually wants to get 100 and thought, you know, join, have that milestone to their name. And and then uh, Kings when they bowled, Mohobul Alarm took 5 24. So that's a good, that's, I mean, that, that is some, that is some total, obviously. That's decent. You know, Do we know where they play, Sal? Because, I mean, again, Kenton's always a decent place to play cricket, decent place to bat. But Memphis yeah. 40, probably, no disrespect, don't play at somewhere with the same level of facilities, do they? I'm not sure if they're playing that. I can have a quick look now while we're, while we're talking. I'll just be. You, you can borrow away on that one. I'll go through Division 5 very quickly. Division 5, a couple of results have caught our eyes, and that's to do with the pace setters. We've got new Calypsonians and Pinner Challengers who, who, are, who are looking pretty good. Calypsonians chased down 202. United Sports put 202 on the board, and they got them for seven. Um, and Pinner were 254 against North London Muslims, who gave it a decent go. They were 191, so just over 50 runs short. And that means North London Muslims are, even at this early stage, that they're their bottom. But scoring 191 would make me think that, they, that they've got some runs in the locker somewhere and so we'll be pretty hopeful moving forward. Any use in London Sportive, Sal, if your research Sir, has been successful? Ah, OK. Okay. Well, I'd rather bat at Kenton, no disrespect to Regent's part. Yeah. Cool. And Division 6, much of note there? Now, we know we love the wide zone in the low levels and the extra count. So Where is, is this game, one going? I've got a feeling this is going mad. Well, this game caught my Stalin to a champion last season. And again, this season, I've been hoping they'll, they'll, win, the, they'll win the league. Actually, also, we have a comp in our club where one of the guys is organised called Last Man Standing. So each week you pick a side. And if you win, you go for it to the next round, but you can't pick the same side again. And there's a bit of pot of money at the end for the winner. Yesterday, Stanley was my pick, so I was hoping to get the, get the job done, and they did. Chasing Sierra's Cardinals was total 98. Now, in Sierra's Cardinals innings, they have 65 extras. Um, 65 extras in a score of 98. Yeah. And the highest score by an individual batsman was nine. Sorry, it was six. Six. Uh, <laughs> that's got to be against some kind of record. And then ten percent of the runs were scored, but no, that's not quite right, is it? Because other people have got bits and bobs around it. But yeah, now, sixty-five out ninety. I can't do the maths quick enough. But uh, yeah, well over half of the runs were scored by extras. Dare I ask how many wides, or is that information not to hand? The, the wide count was. I'm I'm sure it's around the forty mark, maybe more than that. 
winced. I know you have done, but you should be used to it by now. It should be yeah. like, you know, expecting it week in. It's going to yeah. come on. I've got, to, I've got to get some therapy for that. You're right. But okay, so Stallions are going well. They're not the only sovereign 23 points, are they? Ealing, three bridges are there as well? That's correct, yes. So they'll be there sitting there as well. They chased our ridges, Fox, score of six, quite comfortable. I tell you what, some of these lower divisions games, and it always catches my eye. You either get sides who get 60, 70, 80, or they get 350. Yeah. Does nobody ever get 210 anymore? It doesn't seem that way, does it? And Division 7, the Ultimate Warriors, may they rest in peace, are top of the league. But this time with the London Warriors with 23 points too, right? They were just get back on the, on the wide count, down to stats. 51 wide. And that's five noble. Move on, Sal. Move on. I've got to get, get, get move on to something else. You know, yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, so another high scoring game, London Warriors, who are top, previously Ultimate Warriors, you mentioned, Dan. 5 6 for 9 or 45, and the Metadors. Good effort in, re- in response, but two one nine all out. So, yep, they're going quite well, aren't they? Also, just going to sort of point out poor old Newham Gladiators. They're now one of only two sides in the league that haven't got a, a point at all. And of course, the reason for that is they didn't have a fixture in week one when everybody got points because everything was rained off. So there's 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 two sides in that bracket. They were 166 for nine chasing Bahani, who got Bahani two three six four nine. So fingers crossed, the Newham Gladiators get something on the board in week. Four. Now, in terms of our daily records, well, I think it's pretty clear what the, what the highest total of the day was. 393 for six at Kenton, obviously. And the lowest score of the day? Ah, if, it was indeed. And anywhere else? Did we get any, any, any well, scores we had, beating? We had, we had one much lower than that, actually, in Division 6B. Wickham House fours in response to Chiswick's 128 all out. Mm-hmm. That's going to sting, isn't it? So that, that means basically that... All of the scores this, this week, all of the four scores, the highest score in the ones, highest score overall, lowest score in the ones, lowest score overall, are better stroke worse, whichever way you want to play this, than the ones we had last week. So we'll keep an eye on, on those. They are the records, as it were, for this season. Let's see if anyone can beat 393 or 28. It takes some doing at either end of that particular particular spectrum. Cup action, Sal. Is there anything we want to flag up there or should we leave that for another time? We'll do that next week, Dan, because there's probably there's a few cups taking place. We've got the ones within Middlesex, the league and the trophy. The Conference Cup starts as well now and also we've got the National Cup as well. So I think we just sort of adjourn until next week regarding that. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Chops, last question for, for Kenton moving forward. Obviously, clearly, we've said this before, magnificent win yesterday. What are the aims of the season? Because you're, you're, Kenton are new in this division. They've been there before in years gone by, but they're new this year having got promotion. I generally think the promoted sides look to stabilise themselves, right? But that often doesn't happen. Harrow Town had two promotions on the banks. And I guess Kenton might quietly be thinking along those grounds, uh, along those lines as well. Um, and I, th- I think there's, you know, as we've talked about momentum in cricket already, and you mentioned Harrow Town, you know, you, you get that winning, you know, winning mentality across you know, the team and the club. But look, I think for us, you know, it's just about taking one game at a time. You know, it's, it's been a long time since the club have been back in, you know, in this division. And you know, when was it? Because I, mean, I remember Kenton playing at yeah, this sort of two, level, but is that, is that a decade or so no, ago? I think, I think it the last season's 2006. Okay, so it's, it's, okay. it's been a few years, right? And, and yeah, I, I think you know, the, the, the primary aim has got to be consolidate and then that you take you know, one game at a time. It's, it's, it's such a long season and it's still so early. You know, we've only played two games. We've had two really good contrasting wins. You know, two completely different set of conditions and circumstances. But you know, for me, above everything, above the results, it's it's the character and you know, um, personality and you know the confidence I see within the team and you know, and the strength across the club, which is you know just getting better and better. It, you know, I, th- I think those are the, those are the things that you know th- those are the bricks that the club have built on. And 
you know, it's, it's really, really heartening to to see that, you know, see us doing really well, in, you know, across the entire club and you know, just, just the belief that the players have at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, I hope that continues and, you know, we'll just take one game at a time and, you know, on to the next one. Fantastic stuff. And, and are the rest of the sides at Kenton doing pretty well? I must admit, I'm not completely up to speed on their results, but are they winning rather more than they're losing? I think it's been a mixed bag so far. You know, the, the threes certainly, you know, they, they got promoted last year. So, you know, they're in, they're new to their division. So, again, it, I think it's just going to be, a, 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 you know, primary goal is going to be to consolidate there. I think the Gs would be slightly disappointed so far. They, they finished third in, in Division 2 last year. So, that, you know, probably you know, would have been looking for a strong, you know, strong push to start the league. But again, it's 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 still really early days, and you know there's, there's a lot of cricket to be played, so I wouldn't write anyone off yet. Absolutely, there is a long way to go. But statement wins like yesterday's always help. Highgate definitely one of the sides that, that Sal and I would have expected to be nearer the top than the bottom. So as you say, it sounds like Kent and Wands in particular in a, are in a reasonably good place. Shops, thanks ever so much for coming on. We really appreciate it for giving up your Sunday evening to talk to talk to us. Sal, have you got a busy cricket in week ahead much on? Are you umpiring next next Saturday? I've got a game next Saturday on the panel and I think one Monday for, I hope Johanna occasionally do some borough games for some like one on a Monday. Just want to say yesterday she had the privilege of umpiring Eugene. And you didn't job. give him that first four LBW, uh, did you? Actually, that was the other end, but I should have given him out for my, he was so plumb. I should get from the point it was obviously visible he'd be out. But no, we took a great court and bowled. So, I don't, you know. Yeah, he did, he did mention that he didn't score many runs. I didn't push it. I, you know, sometimes where you just get the hint that you need to move the conversation on there. But I believe North London 2s are very good. So, so fair play. You know, a, a good decisive win for North London 2s there. Fellas, have a good week. Go well. Shops, hope the injury's okay for next Saturday. And um, looking forward to seeing a few more fireworks then. Cheers for having me on again. Have a great week. Always a pleasure. Well, we will have you back. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care, boys. Bye-bye. Bye.